0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Introverted with Michelle Carey podcast. Of course, I am Michelle, your host. And today, let's laugh just as much as we can. <laughs> okay, season three, episode four. Today, we're talking about INTJ compatibility. So, excuse me, who can I possibly be compatible with, given the fact that us INTJs are the most independent personality types of the Myers-Briggs spectrum? We're also the very, we're also the most private people. Extremely, extremely private, folks. So how does one get to know us if you can never catch up with us? And if you ever do, we won't tell you anything about who we are. (sighs) What a conundrum, right? This actually reminds me of the time I dated this guy. And I think I spoke about this in one of my previous podcasts. I think maybe in season one where he told me I was a closed book. Right. And it was his job to open me up. Boy, please. That he wanted to know everything about me. And from that moment on, he lost me. Okay, because I don't even know everything about me. I'm still discovering stuff. About me. So, who was he to say that it was his job to open me up and that he wanted to know everything about me? You know, maybe the INTJ in me took it too literally. Maybe he was just being like, I want to get to know you. I'm just so into you. That type of thing. But nah, not me. I went out of my way to make sure I didn't tell him anything about me. Or what was going on in my life? I think he thought that I was this challenge, and then he tried even harder, which made me even go further away and do more of what I was doing. Okay. Still to this day, when I see that dude, I see him in passing. Um, he says, "I asked you to call me, but you never do, <laughs> son, and I never will. <laughs> just, just, just keep that moving." You know, I'm pretty sure you've moved on from now. Come on now. So INTJs, they don't really share their thoughts or their feelings very easily. You know, it's really hard for me. And I said this in my last podcast where I don't look approachable, right? That we don't look very approachable. Um, it's just, it's not, and crazy is that it's not that I'm not unapproachable. I just look like I'm unapproachable, like don't even think about bringing that crap my way and I I don't know maybe it's because we have incredibly high standards okay um I don't know, you know it's just that if our partners kind of fail to live up to these standards we become very critical and somewhat judgmental of those things um Unfortunately, this kind of happened with my ex-husband. Maybe that's why now he's my ex. Hmm. (laughs) I know he must have felt, you know, because of, you know, he had to feel some kind of way. Maybe that's why he was just like, I can't take this anymore. Um, And I'm good with it. I was very good with it. I was actually quite happy that he decided I wasn't the right woman for him. Because uh, I already knew months ahead of time that I wasn't the right person for him. But I wasn't prepared to, like, let go, you know. I was still trying to make it work. I was trying to process and prove, you know, basically. Um, it it just it, But it didn't get any better. Um, but what I realized now, in hindsight, that I didn't respect my time or his, and he didn't respect his time or mine, because I think we would have called it quits sooner than that. But luckily, this didn't go on for years, like some people allow stuff to go on. It was only a f- few short months, but still, nevertheless, um, it was a good experience. It was a good experience. It made me realize I'm not really sure if I want to be married or not. You know, I, I like, I'm okay with being in relationships, but I need my space. You know, I need to have my independence. And, and that's also like a Aquarius trait too, right? I have to have this sense of you are not like, oh my God, I can't take the, the guys that they want to do everything together every five minutes. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But having said that, I think, you know, it's me being an older person and, you know, an older INTJ. You know, I do pay more attention to my personal relationships. Um, I've noticed that in my older years um, I've become more patient about things. And just really learning to listen to other people. Listen and not be so judgmental or quick to just jump out there. Um, but I also know that in the INTG realm, we're very awkward about romance and affection. At least I know I am. I'm just like, oh, boy. Like, I think I want it and that, but it really makes me feel way uncomfortable. Um, So going back to that dude I dated, he was really demanding about expressing his feelings. Oh, God, it was gross. I was so annoyed by this behavior like I get it. I know you like me. I can tell because you want to hang out with me. But we don't have to talk about our feelings every five minutes, you know. It was like he wanted some kind of reassurance, and I'm like, certainly not one of those type of people. My actions speak louder than words, okay? And if I have to, sh- I-, I have to show you how I feel rather than tell you. That's just kind of like where I am. And he just wanted to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And I'm like, there's really nothing more that I can say about this subject. Either you know how I feel or you or you don't. Simple as that. You know, so. What are the kinds of things that I look for in a relationship? Well, you know, they have to be supportive. Someone who's very supportive and they have to be intellectually up to speed like if you come with me with the dumb baddies i i can't i can't get down with that So we have to be able to have interesting conversations. You have to be able to stimulate my mind. You know, I just want a partner who appreciates my intelligence. And I, you know, I wonder if this, this is not only an INTJ thing. I think I'm going to start talking about the Aquarius side, right? This is also having to do with Aquarius. Because while, you know, but I'm on the cusp of Capricorn and Aquarius. I have some Capricorn tendencies. Like I'm very much into routine I can be eccentric, but I need my routine. And then there's just certain things that make me mad, like really stupid things, like parking spaces. I have no idea why parking spaces would set me off, but they do. That's a story for another day. I'll tell you about the parking space kind of thing. But anyway, so I know that, you know, from an INTJ perspective, uh, we want to be savvy you know, we want to be with somebody that's savvy, somebody who's competent. Um, we don't want to waste their time. We don't want them wasting our time, especially on, especially on some unnecessary drama, right? Which I think is interesting because I think we like to look at drama, but we don't want to be a part of the drama. You know, um, I don't know if I would get along with another INTJ we probably would sit in opposite corners of the room just doing our thing and just be like, hey, honey, hi, honey, what's up, sweetheart, what's up, babe? And that would just, you know, waving from across the room. You have your space, I have mine. We come together, have our intellectual conversations, but we never really talk about how we feel. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that would necessarily work. But um, INTJs may sometimes, you know, choose partners that – of course, have complementary strengths um, as um, you know that intellectual piece that analyzing piece that process improvement um, piece um, but I also think we need people that are somewhat um, kind of deal with the outside world a little differently than we do because it brings in a different perspective so. There's nothing wrong with being with a person who has maybe an outgoing and enthusiastic kind of personality. But only to a certain extent, right? Because sometimes that can be energy draining. Um, we just need someone to help us deal with like kind of like the outside world and its expectations. While we can still continue to focus in on our projects. Something something like that, I'm thinking. Cause I and you know, we just have like this ideal vision of how our personal relationships should be and how they should work. And in this ideal, you know in reality that shit doesn't really match what the expectation is, right? So I think this is what makes us frustrated because we have this ideal, we have this thought, we have what we think should be a certain way. And when it doesn't live up to that, we're really like disappointed and frustrated. And I think that's kind of like what happened with my ex-husband. I had this ideal in my head and when reality hit, it was trash, you know. But in the INTJ relationship, you know, each partner should be willing to understand this ideal model that we have and work on living up to that standard and that doesn't mean that we can't, like, the other person doesn't have an ideal model. But we can sit down and say, okay, this is our ideal from your perspective and my perspective. Let's put these traits together, and this is the standard that we should live up to. And that way that each person is represented in the um, in the relationship. Um. Yeah, so, I don't know. Just sometimes relationships... Like right now, I'm purposely not dating because I just have so much going on in my life uh, personally. Not bad stuff like, oh, like I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. No, I got my youngest daughter. She's going to be a senior in high school. You know, going around to these colleges, trying to get her to do the applications for... um, Scholarships, work, my writing, you know, just the podcast now, just all these other things. So I have just that going on. But let me just say this. ENTJ partners. Let's look into an opposite, which is the same as me, but they're the extrovert, right? They're highly independent folks too, and they're not really particularly emotional, but they're you know they're extroverts, so they get their they gain their energy from drawing their energy from the outside world. Um, I think an ENTJ would understand an INTJ's need and how to focus in on pursuits and be very supportive of each other's work and interests, right? And yes, there'll be problems. With an ENTJ because from what I read, they have this thing about attempting to control INTJs. And I'm wondering if that's because of the introvert extrovert. I find that extroverts really like to control introverts because they think the introverts are quiet. We think they're this. They think they're that. So they think because they are so outgoing and they gain their energy from being among friends and all this other stuff. Because the world is made up of more extroverts than introverts. That I think... Um, it's all. They always try to control and change folks. You know, so ENTJs, they tend to get excited about their own plans. And, you know they can be bossy and controlling. So, even though an INTJ will have a perfect model of almost everything in their mind, like, it should be like this, it should go like this, we should do this, um, we don't usually tell people, you know, we don't bother to tell the people that it that's what we're thinking it should do. So, you know, we can easily get disappointed because we didn't, Effectively explain our uh, what was going on in our mind, you know, and I think that's a downfall. I think it's important that we learn to express ourselves so other people won't be having to play Miss Cleo in terms of what it is that we want. But I think sometimes that falls by the wayside because sometimes I already have stuff just kind of like worked out in my mind. Um, Another weak point is our different decision-making styles, ENTJs. They kind of enjoy making decisions, you know, very quickly on the fly without overthinking like the INTJ who, you know, we like to sit, collect the data, collect the facts, take our time before coming to the conclusion, you know, not very swift on making decisions. And this will kind of frustrate an ENTJ. And it may even cause some arguments, right? But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, and you'll be able to work things out. But the worst case scenario is when the ENTJ and the INTJ um, begin to compete with one another. Which can turn lovers into enemies very, very quickly, because ENTJs love to compete with other people. But when it comes to the romantic partners and, and if it's an ENTJ, well, if it's not an NTJ, it doesn't matter, but the, the I'm sorry the inTJ ugh, all these NTJs eNTJ intJ okay um, when it comes to the romantic partners, enTJs, they need someone who fits their overall picture of success um yeah without any type of competition or challenging them and and i am a challenger i will challenge you so i'm not too sure how that would work um you know if for some reason the entj and the intj start to compete you know it could basically just kind of like end the relationship and i've been there too (laughs) (laughs) Or the dude was trying to compete with me. Please stop. This isn't a competition. Just just stop. We're supposed to be hanging out and enjoying each other's company. Don't be an ass. (laughs) But no, so I think what I'll do is next week's episode, uh, I will explore maybe INTJs with ENTPs. That is extroverted, intuitive, thinking, perception. Yes. So maybe we'll just kind of like look into that. Yes. You've reached the end of this episode. Yay. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you for taking a listen. I appreciate it. And as with everything, of course, I appreciate you. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share. And this podcast has been brought to you by Sunray Multimedia LLC, touching all parts of the universe. Join me next time for another episode of Introverted with Michelle Carey.